0: Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. This this um, uh, particular subject today of order, uh, I did I did over over four weeks. I talked about order in our spiritual life. I talked about order in uh, in our emotional life. Order. In our minds and uh, order in our physical uh, world as well so um, I'm gonna kind of touch on on some of those things uh, but trying to embrace those areas uh, as we come around it today but to make it simple I'm gonna focus around Genesis uh, the, the the first the first chapters of Genesis both one two and three because when we when we go back to the beginning, when we, there is in the Bible, which without getting into anything too deep in that regard, there is the law of first mention. When we when we look at what God's what God's original original plan was, and we find that we find that in Genesis uh, Genesis 2. We're just going to take a little bit of a walk um, through these scriptures, and I, I find them really powerful because. When we go back to the beginning, we, we can engage with God's original plan. We can engage with God's original understanding of what He wanted for you. And in Genesis chapter 2, the Bible says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. And by the seventh day, God had finished the work He had been doing. So on the seventh day, He rested from all His work. And then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. And and the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord had not sent rain on the earth and there was no one to work the ground. Interesting comment that there was already a plan that that God had for someone to come and work the ground. There was something yet to be. There was someone yet to be. And it says, but streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. And then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. Now, the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. This this stuff I love because... Here we have creation, all its wonder and glory. In how, how amazing and how beautiful creation was. And, and yet, even with all that in place, God still felt he wanted to plant a garden. I wonder how amazing that garden must have been. I also marvel at the fact that, that God after after creating all this wonder, he wanted somewhere special to put Adam and Eve. Right. And 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 he had a special place that he prepared. See, we've already established that there was. There was ground that was waiting to be worked and God had a plan for Adam and Eve, no doubt, but, but this garden God planted. Wow. This is something that God did and He prepared a place for the pinnacle of His creation. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food some of this forms the foundation if you've been around us for a while and we welcome everyone who's new here or maybe here for the first time one of the things we talk about which um, we won't go into right now but it's 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 quite simple and helps us understand of how we build we call it the abc of wow uh, based on isaiah 61 which is talking about anointing he talks about beauty and it talks about creativity. It's how we understand the gospel, outworks works in our lives, and, and it's for the display, Isaiah says, of his splendor, of God's splendor. So when God uses us in this powerful way, it's for the display of his splendor, which is wow. And I want to I want to point out because in the essence of this verse, it helps, it helps you understand a little bit of the heartbeat of who who we are and why we do what we do because it would have in one sense been enough for God to just simply make a tree that was functional just make a tree that produced fruit make a tree that that just was functional and it fed people but he made something that was pleasing to the eye too it looked good it looked good God planted a garden and he did it it was functional and it was pleasing to the eye God is a God who knows how to create the perfect environment. And in the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river, water in the garden, flowed from Eden. From there it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is Pishon. It, it winds through the entire land of Havilah where there is gold. Note. Verse 12, the gold of that land is good. Aromatic resin and onyx are also there. So there was gold there, but God also points out that the gold was good. It was, it was of a superior quality, which one then must feel that there were other places where it wasn't quite as good. But, but this, this gold here was good. And, and, and the Lord wants us to take note of that. I also, and just give me a little moment because these are the things I can't resist, but I just, I just find that fantastic. He talks about gold. He talks about aromatic resins. Well, well, frankincense and myrrh are aromatic resins. We've just mentioned celebrating Christmas. I just loved it, that somehow God had already put there the gold, good gold, good gold and frankincense and myrrh that was carried from the east by the Magi to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Verse 13, the name of the second river is the Gihon, it winds through the entire land of Cush and the name of the third river is the Tigris, it runs along the east side of Asher. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden. I wonder, I mean, you might think I'm crazy, but you know, like, maybe you can relate to something like Christmas morning when you welcome the kids in and the room's set up and the lights are on and the presents are under the tree. And the kids come in all wide-eyed and just amazed at what they see. I just wonder if, if God just stood back like a proud father and and, 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 saw, and saw Adam walk in wide-eyed, marveling at the beauty of the garden that had been created. And, and he didn't just put him in the garden. He put it in there to work it and take care of it. Um, which, you know, maybe, maybe news to some of us. Some of us think that work is part of the fall. But actually... It's not. There's something, there's something in work. It's good for us. I mean, let's, let's imagine for a minute, God has gone to an awful lot of trouble right now. He's planted a garden, and, and he's put man inside the garden that he's created, inside creation, and, and therefore, he's gone to an awful lot of work. And, and now do you think he's going to say, yeah, that's all the upside, bro, but the downside is, you're going to have to work. It isn't like that. There was, there, was, there was something, man was made to work. People were made to work. There was something therapeutic in it. And, and, and I love the fact that God, listen, God, God, God planted the garden, but he put man in it to manage and maintain it. So he planted it, but now he put man in and he said, you keep order. You see, God isn't going to do everything. God's not going to do everything for you he he will he will provide an environment, but he knows you and he trusts what he's put in you. he trusts who he has put in you right. to influence and to bring order i um, we uh, I was celebrating this morning we had our uh, prayer, and uh, I was just. Celebrating because Lawrence pointed out that uh, Georgie Purdom was uh, leading worship and adventure kids. And uh, she's 14. Her mom is often seen up here leading us. But I love going to a church where 14-year-olds get to lead their peers in worship. I think that's pretty pretty awesome. But But... I, here is you know here is God the the creator of the universe he's planted the garden, but he says okay i'm going 'm going to entrust this to you right. Right. I poured myself into this and I poured myself into you but i'm going to entrust yeah. this yeah. to you I love that and the Lord commanded the man you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not Eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now, I think maybe if I was coming to this moment, maybe you're not used to coming to church. Maybe you're not used to engaging with the Bible. You know, this is the kind of stuff that I, if I'm being really honest, I can still find it a little bit confusing. It's like, God, why why would you plant something that needs to be avoided? I mean, Lord, I don't want to tell you what to do, but don't you think, suggestion, don't you think it would be better if you didn't plant it in the first place? Problem solved. But you see, The truth is that that God has to put us in the presence of having to make a choice. Because it's it's only by being able to make choices that we can prove our obedience. If if there is no choice to be made, am I really being obedient? But if if I am if I am in the presence of being able to choose, God says like, hey, you can eat from any tree. All all the trees are yours to eat from, but that tree, mm -mm, don't touch it. All your wages are yours, but that tithe, that 10%, that's me. Don't touch that. That belongs to me. Now, of course, we then get the opportunity to decide whether we obey or not. Because that's what this opportunity is around. We, we, it's, not, it's not just, you know, when you're bringing up your kids, you don't, you, you, I, I trust you're bringing up your children in such a way that they aren't just going to do as they're told when they're around you. That's easy. It's not easy, but it's easier. It's, it's, it's instilling in your children a desire to do what is right when they're not in your presence. Right. Yeah. And, and, and here we have, we have God entrusting, entrusting um, Adam with his creation, but actually entrusting him with obedience. Yeah. Choose this day whom you will serve. Will you do it my way, God is saying, or will you do it your way? You can choose to live from God's version of order or choose to live from your version of order, but only one will bring true freedom. And, and, and the great thing is that we have, we have Jesus to help us make the right choices. It's not that that we're left on our own to make the right choices. The Holy Spirit is there to help us make the right choices. So God put within people the ability to create and maintain order. And I want to say to you, I believe that we work best from a place of order, not chaos. You know, I, I I do think that uh, we have so much going on. We're so busy, and we've talked even recently about mental health and, and how we manage our lives. You know, our lives are a lot more complex than, than previous generations. That is true, and it's and it's and, and and in many ways blessed, but the blessing has to be managed or it will manage us. And that's why God God doesn't want us to live our lives fighting fires and and being managed by our circumstances. As a follower of Jesus, with His Spirit in me, He helps me to bring order to my circumstances. And and life, unfortunately, has a tendency to to flow towards disorder. God put... put, um, God put Adam in a garden that needed to be maintained. He could have put Adam in a garden that didn't need to be maintained. He could have, he could have that, but, but he didn't, he, he wanted it to work because it is, it is through us uh, bringing order that we see God flow through us. We see, we see the power of God flowing through us to, to bring order even to chaos. It doesn't matter how good the garden looks when you leave it. If you do leave it, it is going to go back to chaos. That's the way, that's the way. You know, things don't, don't usually um, stay stay uh, ordered. I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter how many times I tidy my garage. It has a tendency to move towards chaos. Um, I don't know whether anyone can relate. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, like, I've, I've, I, when was, I only just tidied this, look at it. But you, you have to care and maintain and bring order. There's something that, that brings a sense of peace, brings a sense of freedom. Now, listen, I know we've got all kinds of different personalities in the room and, and I know that some of us can manage Uh, or seem to manage chaos better than others but but the truth is that that uh it takes energy to manage that even if you're able to turn off your mind even if you're able to turn off your sensitivity to it that takes energy to do that and that's energy that could be put into doing something good I don't know whether anyone can relate to this let me read this to you you're You're running late. You're running late because you overslept. You overslept because you hit the snooze button five times, turned it off, thinking you were awake, only to fall back to sleep for 20 minutes. You fell back to sleep for 20 minutes because you were tired. You were tired because you didn't go to bed early enough, because you were sat watching rubbish on TV. Because you work hard and, hey, you need to chill. Besides, you were late home and you stayed a bit later at work because you'd been a bit late for work. And you couldn't find some papers you were needing for tomorrow. So now you wake up, heart racing, in absolute panic. You feel terrible. You shower, but you don't have time for breakfast. You rush downstairs and you miss the last step. You miss the last step because you're rushing. You've hurt your ankle, not badly, but enough to really annoy you. You can't find your car keys and your wallet. You know they are in the house because you are in the house. Because you're annoyed, you're sharp with your wife. She says, I was only trying to help. She goes upstairs upset. This is just a story. It's nothing to do with my life. You find your keys in your wallet. They're in the fruit bowl. You never put your keys and wallet in the fruit bowl. You shout upstairs. You found them. You sh- Have a nice day. No answer. I haven't got time to sort it out now. You'll text later. Traffic is awful. You're now late for work. I suppose I'll have just have to work late. I don't know whether you can even relate to part of that where we are constantly setting ourselves up to fail. How many times have you got out of bed in the morning feeling absolutely tired and said, tonight I am going to bed early, tonight. As you are pulling back that duvet and plumping up the pillow again, you're saying, tonight I am, I am going to bed early and then tonight comes and... I wonder, I wonder what, what little thing you might be able to do to introduce some order to your life. It might be just having a set drawer or a set place. You put your car keys in your wallet. It might just be that. Maybe by Christmas, you could have instilled a habit in your life where you're not looking for your car keys. I think it's Paul Scanlon who said, it's no good believing to change the world if you can't find your car keys. You know, it's like, let's, you know, we want to change the world, but let's do some basics as well. What is it? What is it? What little thing could it be that you could put in, in place to, to bring some order into your life? I'm not talking about perfection. I'm just talking about giving you a fair chance of, of winning. Because lack of order means we carry a level of stress that we're not meant to carry. And I want to say that there are indicators that God is concerned about our emotional welfare. Like I say, God put Adam and Eve in a beautiful, functional garden. I want to say Adam's first day on the planet was a day off. Come on now. Somebody should be praising the Lord. His first day. God had prepared a place for him to work, but his first day on the planet was a day off. I want to say, even God rested. On the seventh day, even God rested. We are not designed to just keep going, 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 going. Oh, you might do it for a while. But if you continue to sin against your mind and your body in that way, it will ultimately, it will not work. And God, God, I believe, put Adam and Eve in the garden because he wanted a place for them to be restored. Right. That's why I believe there's something about gardens. I think God chose the perfect environment for, for, for um, Adam and Eve to be. some An environment where they're going to be restored, out in the open, out in the fresh air, surrounded by natural beauty. I believe that there is something very key in that. I would have bet money, if I was a betting man, that Andy Dickin would have said, come on or amen at that point. And he didn't disappoint. I want to say that um, a Sabbath, a Sabbath is so important. And we've got to remember that for us, Sabbath may not be a Sunday. Let's be honest. Let's be real. Um, Sundays are not exactly a day of rest particularly at heart church let's be honest about it but we do it because we're building by the grace of God something significant for God in this city and we believe that that is going to go uh, around this city and to 10 cities north of us we believe that but but that doesn't take away from the fact that in built into our week needs to be some time to rest and be restored we need to make time for that and 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 you need to, and, and we need to stop making excuses for that i i, I want to say that that i believe in recreation we have become a society more than any ever before in history we are a society that is so fixated and obsessed with leisure but it's not leisure that will necessarily restore us sitting watching uh a box set on netflix is okay i've done it myself but at the end of the day we don't always feel better better about ourselves having done that and sometimes it takes a little bit of effort to get out there and go and do something but but we need to we need to recreate we need to do something do something that so absorbs you that you forget to check your phone i believe there is possible something so I believe it's possible that there is something so absorbing that you forget to check your phone. Right, yeah. There are some things that, that, and I believe that, I believe that, you know, doing some things, even working or walking or, or, you know, doing whatever, doing whatever you do, it can be, it can be tiring, but you can be physically tired and yet refreshed. We need, to, we need to find something that refreshes our soul, to bring order to our emotional world. These things are important. And I'm not talking about relaxing by sitting down uh, scrolling through Instagram. I'm talking about doing something. I've explained, you know, one of the ways that I thoroughly react, and, and I want to say that, Just in case I come across as someone who's got it all together, this is something that I'm always fighting to do. And I don't do it as well as I would want to do, but I'm making myself accountable to you as I want you to be accountable to me. So I paint. I paint pictures. It's one of the ways that I restore myself uh, uh, in my emotions. It's one of the ways that I bring order. It makes no sense, but it just does something for me. And you might, that's maybe the last thing on the earth that you would ever think about doing, but there is something you do that you love doing and you feel more refreshed having done it. I also, I work in my garden. I read, there's lots of different things I can do because we can't always do what we would like to do. I remember us uh, going on holiday one year. I think Lynn's mentioned this in one of her preach, or, or I have. But um, you know, we were going away. Four kids. We we're, were going to take, uh, as we often did, uh, drive to France. We drove to France because it was uh, you paid for two adults, you got four up to four kids free. Well, we maxed that out. <laughs> and um, as we were packing, I, I was packing like three or four books in my my bag, and, and unfortunately, my wife noticed and said, where are you going with us?" I said, babe, we're going on holiday. I thought I might do a bit of reading. She said, you've got four children. <laughs> oh. Oh, those kids who live there, they're, 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 oh. Wow. So sometimes, sometimes you have to find a way if you've got parents in the room, they should be saying amen right now. You've got to find a way. Sometimes you've got to find a way of getting restored by building sandcastles and, and playing beach balls, you know? We, we still love that game actually as a, as a family. You've got, so it, you can't always do what you want to do, but you can find something in the season that you're in that will restore your soul. We can only live our lives from a place of order, true order, when we are living connected to God. It's only by being connected to God that, that I am going to have my, uh, my mental, uh, my thought life in order, my emotions in order, my physical life in order. It's, it's, it's that He is the one who brings order to my life. In Genesis 3, Uh, verses 89 it says then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden but the Lord called the Lord God called to the man where are you now of course those of us who know the account know that Adam and Eve had sinned they disobeyed they had actually eaten from the tree that God had told them not to. They made a choice and they made the wrong choice. But if we can just see beyond that for a moment, the reason God said to Adam, where are you? It's because, well, that was the time Adam and Eve walked with him in the garden. That was their time. That was their time that they walk together in the cool of the day. I love that because I just think to me, I can read in that that God's actually looking forward to it. God's looking forward to it. I get I get to be. I get to be with my children. I get to be with my son and my daughter. I get to be with them. And and I also get that that in that there is a rhythm. We're gonna talk about rhythm next week, but there was a rhythm to it. It's like there was a time in the day. Where we talk and we walk together. And, and it's, it's, about, it's about building and maintaining relationship. And life flows from that place. It flows from that place. We know it. We know it. But it's so difficult, right? It's so difficult. What is it about us? What is it about it is when, when, that, when we haven't got the money for that bill or one of the kids are sick or when we've got some situation that we don't know how it's going to work out. What is it that we find it we can pray then? What is it when, when things are going well that we can soon forget to pray? Or lo- the Lord understands. Well, he might understand, but you you are being impacted by that lack of connection. And 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 it's like um, you know, the the when the enemy came to uh, Adam uh, and to Eve and said, "You you will not surely die," uh, the 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 reality was that they they kept they kept breathing, right. they kept living, right. but there was a kind of death that entered their soul, entered the entered their spirit that right. broke that connection with. God, and, and, and we, will, we will always find it easier to err when, when we are uh, feeling disconnected from God. And I pray for you. I pray for you right now. If God is feeling a million miles away, maybe you're feeling fed up because you, you know, on days like that, when God is feeling a million miles away, I don't know, you always seem to, focus on somebody who seems lost in worship on wonder you know wow. they just see, and you look at them and you think oh God why can't I feel why can't I feel that do we have any real people in church yeah, yeah. you know it's like wow and and the truth is that and I've learned this and I've learned it because I've had to learn it that you don't know you can't tell how anybody's doing just by looking at them. You know, you, that we need the spirit of discernment. We need the spirit of God to help us, help us to understand. But we've got to, we've got to work at maintaining that connection with our heavenly father. They walk with them. They talk with them. And out of this connection, um, order was formed in their life. The thing is, if we don't do this, the expensive holiday won't be enough. The new car that you thought was really going to do it for you and you've been right, wow, this is so exciting. And it is, but after a couple of months, it's just the car. If you lose this connection, actually, it doesn't matter what promotion you get and how much you earn. It'll never be enough. And that's why, why we see that, that we need this connection because we're meant to live life from this place so that, so that life doesn't just happen to us, but we happen to life. Right. Right. That is the way God wants us to live. We're not just Listen, I will come and tell you that God is your peace and God is your comfort and God will soothe your nerves and, and God, will, God will make you feel good and he will do all those things. But God isn't in our life just to make us feel better for all the rubbish that's going on around our lives. He has given us the power and the anointing. He has given us his word so that we are not a victim of our circumstances, but we can be a victor over our circumstances. And I think that he shows us this because there in Genesis 1, he talks about making, verse 26, he says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air. Like, Hey, he didn't just give them a garden to look after. He gave them creation over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. That, that word, So God is looking for fruitfulness. He said, be fruitful and multiply. He's looking for fruitfulness from our life. He's not, he's not looking for addition. He's looking for multiplication. He says, fill the earth and subdue it. Subdue here means to overcome, quieten, or bring under control to overcome quieten and bring under control it means that you don't you don't just sit there and let life happen to you and you just have to take it no i have given you power i have given you authority to speak to that circumstance and say hear the word of the lord you you can change so that so that i understand that that it's not just, he's not just the God who meets us in the fire. He's not just the God who meets us in the water. If we get there, he'll be there with us. But, but sometimes he will take us into the valley of dry bones and he'll get us to speak to the dry bones. Instead of us saying, oh God, give me an army. Oh God, give me an army. He'll get us to speak to what is there. He'll get us to speak to the things that are not and tell them to become a mighty army you know I was I was thinking that um I've shared this story before but just it just came to mind you know one of my kids was um uh struggling with um with um English to the degree that I was told by the teacher that they weren't going to pass uh, GC uh, GCSE English and um And there's just something in me that says, but they they don't get to decide that. They don't get to decide that. Now, I know you say, well, look at the facts. Well, you know, there's a a world of difference sometimes between facts and truth. We can look at the facts, but God is truth. And he has given his word to speak truth over those situations. So I didn't accept those facts and I decided to speak truth over the situation and over my son. Yeah. Now, the truth was, he, there was nothing, there was, uh, nothing wrong. Um, well, it's Aaron now, because I've, got, I've said it now, but um, there was nothing wrong with his, his, um, his reading skills. Um, but at the time, it was, he, he, he could read it, but he couldn't really remember. So if you know when if you remember taking English literature, you know, you're reading the books, he would read it, but it was like he'd not read it. And, and I felt God give me a word of wisdom in how to manage the situation. Because that's the thing. It's not just, oh, God, help us in this. God put Adam in the garden and said, work it. God has put me there as a parent and he said, work it. So I had a word of wisdom that the truth is I knew that if he read it he might not remember it but if I read it to him he would remember it because if he heard it he would remember it. So that's how we work through the set books. Did I want to come home every night to read Great Expectations? (laughs) No. I can tell you It's a great story, but it wasn't always the first thing uh, that I wanted to do. My great expectation was the book would very quickly come to an end. (laughs) But every night we came home and we read and I read and I read. The same guy who wasn't going to pass got a B. The only reason I tell you that is is to help you understand that you could sit back and say, oh, never mind. Well, Lord, anyway, the Lord will look after him. You know, maybe, maybe the Lord's going to use him in another way. The truth is, the truth is that in the same guy who, who wasn't going to pass English was thousands of songs, or the, sorry, songs that were yet to be sung by thousands certainly tens of songs that he was yet to write. Who knows that he may have been robbed of his confidence in that moment to write those songs. But he's written songs now that, that hundreds and thousands have, have sung. And, and, and that, that's why we need to learn to speak to our environments and say, no, I, I don't accept that. I don't accept, I accept God's plan for this situation, but I am not accepting This downward scenario, order is not perfection, but it is a refusal to be ruled by chaos. See, without the energy of God's Spirit, people would always learn, lean to the worst version of themselves but with the energy of God's Spirit. And that's why we sing the way we do and that's why we celebrate the way we do because this isn't just about a motivational meeting where we get together to feel better about life where we just encourage one another and then we get on with the mess that we've got to deal with out there in the real world. No, this is a place where we meet with our Creator. We meet with the One who will be with us in the fire, who will be with us in the water, who will be with us in the storm, who will empower us and help us, not just to respond to life, but to have life respond to the Spirit of God in us. And this was... God planned a replay of creation. Yes, Adam and Eve messed it up. Yes, they did. But God planned a replay. And that is where He pressed the reset button and enter Jesus Christ, the Son of God and the cross of Calvary. Paul writing to the Corinthians said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. God came with a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. In the same way that Adam was given dominion and told to subdue the external world, we we also get dominion and authority over our internal world through the Spirit and by the Word of God. And then also we get to rule our external world. We get to rule our internal world and our external world. Romans 6 says, for sin shall no longer be your master because you're not under law but under grace. There was a man called Zacchaeus who was a tax collector and his life was far from good but one day Jesus came to his house. And being in the presence of Jesus, he made some deci- decisions, Zacchaeus did. He, he said, hey, you know what? I love it though. He, he did say, if I've, if I've robbed it, like, come on, Zacchaeus, we, we know, don't we? we? You've definitely robbed some people. You've definitely had. But he said, he said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay them back. And I'm not just going to pay them back what I've took. I'm going to give them more. I'm going to give them more than I took. And, and, and the interesting thing is, and we could talk a lot about that, but the interesting thing is that Jesus, Jesus, firstly, Zacchaeus's attitude completely changed by being in the presence of Jesus. He saw his life in a different way and he saw the possibilities of his life in a different way. And that, that resulted in a radical change of his attitude. And Jesus called that radical change, salvation. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart UK.